You're listening to the 12th Bitochen Podcast. And before we continue inside of the Madrigas Adam, I'd like to just share with you a thought that which, which came up um, in the Bitochen group this past Sunday. And that has to do with specificity. Specificity. I heard recently on a shir, I was listening to Rabshaya Cohen, somebody who, uh, he's a Rosh Hashiva in the New York area. He's a tremendous Bobby Tochen. It's tremendous stories. I remember hearing already 20 years ago stories. Excuse me. He gives Shi Raman Bitochen. Uh, you can find them Shia Cohen. He's also on Tour Anytime. He's on his own website. On, in Chavis Halavavis. He gives amazing Shi One of the interesting things that he pointed out is, and I heard this and I knew this to be true from my own experience, that when it comes to Bitochen, we need to be specific. We need to be specific about what we're having bitachon for. We need to be specific and clear with HaKadosh Baruch Hu what it is that we are having bitachon about. And I find it to be true. I don't remember if I mentioned it in the bitachon podcast, but I certainly mentioned it in the bitachon group. And that is that I know for myself that I do not know where where my, my uh, parnas is going to come from each month. Sometimes there are certain things that I have set in each year. Even those things are not always clear to me exactly when it's going to come or what's, how it's going to come. But what, what is clear to me is that I have a, a, uh, a calendar. Actually, I can see the calendar. And I write into it all of my expenses. I'm very clear exactly how much I need. I'm also very committed uh, personally. Uh, I, you know, we've spoken about Bitochen with Ishtadlis, Bitochen without Ishtadlis. You know, I don't live in a place where I can always have Bitochen without Ishtadlis at all. Sometimes I mentioned a story last time about something that happened without any Ishtadlis money that came. But, um, but often I do Ishtadlis. But I don't know which Ishtadlis I'm going to do is going to produce the results. That's just the business that I'm in. I can make up a song and I can send it out and nobody's interested in it. Or I can send it out and the right person wants to buy it and he'll pay a certain amount. Different person buys it, he'll pay a different amount. Right, and I can also get different jobs. The same job in my business, in in one place or in one circumstance, I can make uh, five hundred dollars for an hour or or a few hours, and another circumstance, I can make the same same amount of singing five thousand dollars. So my business is very, uh, let us say, it's a good place to work on bitach, and that's for sure true. What I find to be true is that whenever I have bitach, I know that the because I'm committed. I, it's it's the way that it feels to me. Is that I have a heskem, I have an agreement with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, and in our agreement, so there's a certain amount of money that I I need. I do not debt. I don't I don't borrow money. Generally speaking, I'm not talking about like a biz a big business thing like a CD. That's that's not in this category. But generally speaking, I don't borrow money. I have a commitment to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I'm going to make this money. I'm going Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to send me this money. And that's how we work things. And the money, the opportunities, the jobs always materialize. That's been my experience. I've been in this type of situation for about since since May of 2014. I've been in this commitment. And Baruch Hashem, every single month. And I remember speaking to my wife uh, after Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. I have a regular job then, which I do each year. And uh, there's a certain nice amount of money that comes in for leading the davening. And uh, but after Rosh Hashanah, I don't I don't have I didn't know what where the money's going to come from. But every month, like clockwork, so to speak, I don't know where it's going to come from. But Kodesh Baruch Hu sends it. 
And that comes from a commitment and also from an awareness of how much I need. There's a story with the altar of Novartic. I don't remember if I've mentioned it in this series, but the story goes, I heard it from a Rosh Hashir, Rabbi Per, that the altar of Novartic, he would, if, when he wasn't well, so he would go to a doctor and he would come into a doctor and he would get a prescription and he'd walk out from the doctor and he would throw the prescription in the garbage. So his Talmidim obviously asked him, what's going on? Why are you, why do you go to the doctor? Why do you get a prescription? Why do you throw it out? What's this business? And he would say, the altar would say, which means we need to know where we're holding. Which to me, in my understanding of it, and my, I didn't really hear, I don't remember what my Rosh Hashiva said about it, but in my understanding of it, in order for me to have bitachon, I need to know what I'm having bitachon about. I need to know, first of all, I need to have that faith and trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu that He's going to provide my needs. I need to not depend on anything else, not the bank, not other people, not other things. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to provide this for me. He may have, he may have many shluchim, he may have many agents to get me that money. I need to know exactly how much I need. I need to be specific. I need to have bitachon. I need to trust in Hashem. And I'm guaranteed that I will get what I trust in Hashem about. Also, we discussed uh, in the bitachon group how it could be sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give me something. I don't necessarily... Some, if I have 100% bitachon, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu will 100% give it to me. That's the rule. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made that rule with reality, so to speak. If I have 30% bitachon, sometimes HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give it to me as well. But, interestingly, somebody said on the group that it's possible for me to have... It's possible that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want me to have something and I will not be able to have bitachon. And I've certainly had the experience where I couldn't muster up the bitachon. I couldn't get myself to feel that way, to feel I really trust Hashem will send me that parking spot even, or whatever it might be. But um, it's very interesting because it's very much something that we experience. Um, it's an emotional experience, bitachon. It's not just an intellectual experience. Yes, we need to know it intellectually, but it, it's something that we feel. There's a feeling of bitachon. And, and it's something that, something that it's possible, I believe, for everyone to get. All right, now let's continue on in Madrigus Adam. He's speaking about the Chacham, the person who thinks he's wise, the person who's a Talmud Chacham. Mashe'en Chacham. Somebody who is wise, someone who doesn't think he needs to be a student. He doesn't need to continue to search, to try to understand. When he has, when he does an Aver, when he does something wrong, so he'll have a double, there'll be a double negative. Besides to the fact that there's the sin itself, because this person is not a Chacham, he's not learning from life, he's not learning from his mistakes, but rather, whatever he does is right. So now he does an Aver, and now this becomes the way that it should be. And he says, this is how it should be. And it comes that the person is biased to the sin. He can find all kinds of reasons why it was okay what he did. Because through these heterim, now he's done something wrong, now what he's done is okay. So all can find all the reasons why it's okay, and now it's become a new path for him. Yisrachik men kol mi asher yivakar sadarach shalai. 
He'll distance himself from anybody who who will say that what he's doing is incorrect. And he'll attach himself to those who say that he's doing good things. And he will uh, speak negatively of anybody who's above him, who's, who doesn't think that what he's doing is okay. And you'll praise somebody who holds of his ways. Right, just think about pride parades, and, and this is exactly what we're speaking about. And it comes out, <coughs> as a stumbling block darkened his path, because he so lost himself in the stumbling block, he can't, he can't separate himself from it. And he decides, he comes to the conclusion that the fact that it's so hard to detach, this must be the right way. So he can't, he can't separate himself. He's already, he's like in a vicious cycle. But this type of person, so the first, the beginning, the antecedent of the entire deal is the Avera itself, the sin. That's what created for him this path. Now it's harder to detach from it because he wants to do the Avera. But what's worse then the Avera itself is that it becomes the new way for him, this Avera, this, this negative type of behavior. Because he hasn't stopped this behavior, continues in it, so it becomes permitted to him, so to speak. And this is very, if, if, if you're familiar at all with addiction, and addiction literature, so this sounds very much like what he's talking about. <coughs> And now at a time when a wise person who considers himself a Talmud, a student, who is looking to try to understand what's the right thing to do, he doesn't assume that just because he did it, therefore it's right. So Chazal say about such a person, if you see a person who's done a sin, talking about a Talmud Chacham, at night, don't, don't think anymore that he's still held on to it by the following day. You can be assured that such a person has already repented. Since he doesn't allow himself to let himself become lost in the sin until it becomes his new path, until it becomes a certain kind of way of being. The moment that he recognizes that it's a stumbling block, so he does tshuva, he repents from it, and he makes a stronger, a stronger fence than before. The example my Rosh Hashiva gives is a person put a padlock onto his onto his shed. There were bikes inside of there. Somebody came, broke the padlock, stole the bikes. So the next time he buys bikes and he puts a padlock on, he's going to get a much stronger lock. But if the same type of aver would occur, that would it would be done by someone who is a chacham, a wise person who doesn't is not trying to learn to be better. Since he doesn't quickly repent, he's not interested in repenting. So then the avera becomes chametz by him. It becomes normal by him. It gets more. It gets worse and worse until it becomes his path. And he limits 
his desire to do things better. And he's already decided that I don't need to be better. This is because he's already left the the category of those who are looking for what's right and choosing the correct path. And instead, instead of choosing his path, the path chooses him. So he gets he just gets drawn like a like a dog is attached. A dog is attached to something and he and uh, he can't he can't separate himself from it. Now we get back to Yosef. If you recall, Yosef made a mistake. He said it twice. What was the big deal about the second time? So now we start to understand it. If he had said it one time, as opposed to two times, the first time he says, remember me to the Sar Mashkim. So that's a sin. And it happened. You know, that happens. It happens. And the question is, is he going to learn from this? And obviously, we're speaking about Yosef Atzadik here, so let's keep that in mind. Yosef Atzadik had a very high level in Bitochen. An awesome level. Something we, should, we can only strive for. We find that Yosef indeed has this level because when he was looking for his brothers before they sold him, so he asked the person, "Did you did, did you do you know where they went? Do you know where they are? Where are my brothers?" And he said, "I heard them saying they were going to Dosan." That he heard from this guy that 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 they were planning to kill him, to kill Yosef. But nevertheless, he went to them. He went to where they were. But he had a very strong and powerful bitachin. He trusted in Hashem that nothing bad would happen to him. Everything is in God's, everything is in God's control. Reminds me of of uh, the story that they tell about the Navarikers that when they, when a gun would be pointed at them, they would literally open up their shirt and say, "Shoot! If you want to shoot me, you can shoot me. Nothing can happen without God's will." Right? And people would back off. They saw the courage. Okay, so Yosef Atzadik certainly had at least the level of the Navarikers, right? He wasn't afraid. He went to them. Any challenge when it came to fulfilling the Torah, he didn't believe in himself. He didn't trust himself. He did whatever the Torah said. So he's going to say, and we'll stop here, but, <coughs> excuse me, that Yosef HaTzadik, <coughs> when he said, remember me, the first time, so, that happened. But when he said a second time, remember me, so it, what, he moved past the mistake stage, learning from the mistake. And he made a new path for himself, which was, I'm going to put in efforts. It wasn't appropriate for Yosef Atzalik, and as we'll soon see, as I mentioned recently in the Parsha podcast, a leader, a person like Yosef Atzalik, who's going to be the king over the entire world, really, and over the Jewish people. 71 years, the longest reigning king of the Jewish people. He has to have. He can't have this mistake. It can't be allowed to remain. He has to. He has to wait and learn his lesson. That you can't put your faith in people. There's only putting our faith in Hashem. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.